All right, welcome to the Drivable Podcast, where we discuss all things about driving and safer community transport for people with disabilities and medical conditions. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you go back and listen to the last episode. That was our episode with Kwa, and we discovered what he drove with prosthetics and on the pedals. But more than that, we discovered that he races things with cars in a unique, unique way. We really do encourage you to go back and listen to that episode and the one after, which we recorded sort of discussing, I guess, our perspective on it. Um, it was really engaging, Kwa's awesome, and the reflection on what he went through was also really good as well. So handing it over to Brad. Yeah, welcome everybody. This is, like Adley said, this is episode four, and the last week we got into the technicals. So this time it's time for an interview again. And this week's episode, we have a special guest. We're talking about gaining your learner's license when you need hand controls. Joining us for this podcast is Jack. Thanks for joining us, mate. Are you excited about this and ready yeah. to go? Should be good. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. Uh, Ali, are you ready for this? Yep, let's do it. Let's get into it. Driving is something many take for granted, but when someone has an altered ability, then driving or getting out and about in your own car can be challenging. The Drive Able podcast unpacks the world of driving with a disability so you can experience the freedom that you desire. I'm Brad, and with me is Ali, and together we have over 30 years of experience in driving and disability. Enough with the intros, let's get into it. In this episode, we're talking to Jack and unpacking his story. Jack, do you want to introduce yourself and introduce us to your disability? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm Jack. I'm 17 with cerebral palsy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, where are you up to with your driving? I'm on my hours, gaining hours. Gaining That's hours. so far where I'm at. <laughs> But you're um, doing it a little bit differently to your mates. Do you want to start unpacking what what type of process you've been through? Oh, uh, yep. Yeah. So with my cerebral palsy, it meant that I I can't drive with you know pedals. Well, so to speak, pedals you use with your legs. So um, I've had to go through a process to enable myself to be able to use my arms and hands as a way to compensate for my legs to drive. So. I had to go through an entire process with uh, getting like a special, like a, if you need glasses, you get that put on your license. But I had to go through one of those kind of things, but more of a pain to get it so then I could be able to drive and, you know, gain mobility and the independence all my friends gained a year back. <laughs> yeah. So yours has been delayed. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's, um, mate, did you originally want to, were you always going to go down the line of hand controls and driving with your hands? Uh, well, at the beginning, Dad, and I was kind of with it because I was like, oh, it sounds way, way easier. But Dad was like, we can go and see how you go with your legs. So, you know, Dad and I went out into the middle of a field and I was like, all right, <laughs> see how I went. And I mean, yeah, sure, I could I could stop and start, but... um. Would that kid that ran in front of me survived? Probably not. So it was kind of just a clear thing where it was like, it would be easy to do this, but it would be way safer for me to be able to go hand controls kind of thing. Because as mum also told me, it's like a, will you be able to drive on your worst day kind of thing? And with that, it was like, no, not, not, not with my legs. 
How old yes. were you when you started sort of thinking about that? Like you said, you, you're driving at 17, um, which is also still pretty young uh, for someone with a disability, which is pretty cool. So when did you kind of start thinking about driving? Were you always like, I'm going to get into a car with my mates at the same sort of age or was it only recent? What's the go? Oh, I, I was so dead set. I want to be driving at the same time as everyone else. I yeah. wanted to have my piece to drive into school at year 12. But like a couple of things happened that year. Like, I mean, coronavirus is one thing. And with that couple of troubles with the NDIS held things back significantly, but it was just kind of, there were a lot of things that we weren't expecting to happen that made things go a lot slower than as per normal. But it's, it was kind of just a, it was a, a learning experience to say the least, but it was, oh, it's hard to describe. It was kind of just a, a series of unsuspected events that were just kind of <laughs> jump through the hoops. So yeah, coronavirus has been bad for everyone over this year. And I know that, uh, you know, that's delayed a lot of clients. Was was that the main hurdle or were there other hurdles that you had to get around? You, you did actually mention NDIS too. So yeah, what else was going on? We had our funding randomly frozen. We were like midway through lessons and it was like, we got a notice saying, hey, um, we didn't get a transaction thing for the lessons or I don't think it was exactly that, but it was something along those lines and it was our funding had randomly been frozen for, I think it was like re review. So that was like, you know, four, four or six months later, we got our funding back and it was, oh, uh, it was, it was an, a big annoyance because it was like, oh, great. We got, you know, we didn't get, you know, randomly no funding. So I, it wasn't like I was able to go through like lessons with those, with people who already had modified cards. It was like, oh, all right. You, you know, you can't have any funding to go off. And, you know, if we did get a car at that time to go off and have that modified, it was, uh, it, was it was a big slowdown. It was kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'll just focus on school then because, I can't do anything to do with that while I have no funding available. So was that funding in like the lead up? So was that when, when you say lessons, was that you taking lessons, trying to figure out like, like what you're going to use? Or was that already when you had like um, some stuff in a car or something? Oh, uh, so um, at the beginning we were trying, well, it was kind of like a trial process. So I trialed a bunch of things and I was like, all right, this one is the one that I like the most. And it, we kind of, the lesson before I had, you know, the funding kind of stopped, I'd, I'd kind of already figured out that this was the one that I wanted. This was the one that really, you know, the one that was real metal, the one that was really the one for me kind of thing. And it was like, a, then it was a, oh, all right. Well, but it was kind of nice that I'd already figured out which one was the one for me prior to. And when you say which one, are you talking about like a type of hand control or like? Yes. Like yes. You only try hand controls? Oh, I mean, he'll. I've only tried hand controls, so most probably, yeah, I think. So, do you tried a whole bunch, and you were just sort of doing lessons and trialing a bunch, and then you kind of have figured it out. Yeah, at, yeah. At and then when you figured <laughs> it out, they kind of froze things. Yeah, kind of. They kind of. Oh, they froze things. Like what was it? I decided the one I wanted, and then they put through the. All right, you have, you know, you know, it's such and such amount of money to be able to go off, and you know do this and that kind of went through and it was like all right the paperwork went through to say yeah this is approved and then like 
relatively soon after that, it was like, no. And it was just the funding was frozen. So in the meantime, while I was, we were going to, you know, find the money to be able to get the car to be able to have the car fitted with the, with the uh, modification. It was like, all right, the plan was I'll do lessons in this time and just gain my skills kind of thing. And then the funding froze. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're just trying to try to save money while we have this point of not being able to continue doing this. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you, you just mentioned, so you've got a modified car. So yeah. You, and, and you're on your L's. Yep. I got a modified Hyundai i30. So good. I love Very it. Good. And, and are you the first one of your mates to actually have your own car? Oh, I'm, I'm within the first few that's had that's um, like, I, I don't have the wallet to be able to pay for it all, but I, I made a very, I like to think of it as a significant contribution to it. So yeah. I'd say I'm probably within the first handful of my friends to like, you know, purchase their first car or make a significant contribution to it kind of thing, but which is pretty good. It is good, but it, were you kind of forced, like, were you, yeah, like, could you talk through the process of that bit? Were you kind of... I, I know when I was 17, I, I got a, um, oh, my first car was terrible. Um, I got a Camira as my first car and it was gifted to me as a hand-me-down <laughs> through the family. Uh, it struggled yeah. to get up hills and I think they gave it to me on purpose so I, I couldn't <laughs> have an accident um, because it just had no power whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but is that is that the same type of thing? Look, I, I'm coming from a... Uh, a knowledgeable background i'm pretty sure the ndis wouldn't allow you to buy a clapped out chimera what's what type of process have you been through in Uh, regards to getting a car then yeah because uh for them to be able to use my funding to get the hand controls it was like all right it needs to be within five years of manufacture which is like all right so i guess the least i can spend is like fourteen thousand dollars and i was like all right uh, it's going to be under 80,000 K. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that's another thing to put in my car sales uh, thing. All right. Uh, under five years, under 80,000. It's like, oh, all right. Crikey. Because um, when we went through it, it was like, all right. Uh, the, you could probably get away with other things. But the recommended cars for this was like, a, I think it was like, a, I can't remember. There was like, a, I can't remember to be honest. But it, I know I-30 was in there. And that's that's the one that we went for. And Did you buy a new? Odd. It was old by an old grandma. So when we got it, it was 20,000, 25,000 Ks. Yeah, so okay. it, was, it was pretty good. And um, since she had barely driven it, it's still got a, a bunch of things. So it's got a like new car warrant, new car or used car warranty. So it's got that kind of thing going. And um, instead of having to get REA with that kind of thing, I've been able to be like, all right, if I get it serviced annually, which I plan on getting serviced whenever it requires, but it's like by getting it serviced annually, I also get free roads, like roadside assist throughout Australia, free of charge because. So it's good. You've got a pretty reliable car, which is pretty cool. I mean, as Brad said, though, you don't have the advantage of kind of sharing the hand-me-down. I, well, I had the, um, the Holden Commodore that was given to me, the, the leftover Commodore from the, uh, from the parents. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, I just had to kind of figure out with that car and did a lot of interesting things in that car So um, and ruined it. So, But, I mean, the thing is probably if I got a new car, I would have um, probably 
treated with a bit more respect, which is probably what you're doing. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And um, and, and so so you hadn't driven any other car um, other than that I thirty or the ones that you did the lessons. Oh, I had the one with lessons, and then like those like and then there's my car, and then there's the brief try of trying to use my feet in one of Dad's. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. I'm not the biggest car buff personally, as you <laughs> probably couldn't have guessed. <laughs> okay, so you got the, the you you basically had the sort of the hurdle of getting the car. Um, first of all, the NDIS, then the car. Yeah. Um, and then what about getting it modified? That was all sort of relatively easy in that, oh, car, that, that car. That was like one of the easiest parts of everything. I was like, the guys we went through was like, all right, um, you know booking a date and I was like, all right, I can't remember what day it was, but it was like, all right. And then we, we took it in and I was like, okay. And then modification kind of thing started, but it was like, oh, and then there was like a, it was like this COVID cluster thing that wasn't really a COVID cluster. It was like a, um, I can't remember something happened and it was a, it was a not quite a COVID cluster kind of thing. Oh, that three day, three, yes. day, South, three day South Australian pizza shop incident. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. That happened. So it's, Things got like postponed a little bit, but it was great because it was like we were notified regularly. It's like, all right, um, they're like, all right, uh, you know, we, we would we would like to say that it's going to be within this many days, but with this COVID cluster thing, maybe expected to be, you know, I can't remember who it was. It was a little bit longer. It was like well, the lockdown was meant to be six days and go on forever, oh, yeah, and, and then all of a sudden it was three days. So, yeah, yeah. that was. That was a unpleasant. I mean, I I sit and I sat in front of my computer the entire time, so I I wasn't really thinking too much. But it was like a, it was kind of, oh, it was kind of nice to be regularly informed. It was like all right, and then once we knew it, it was like okay, it's going to be done this day. It was like all right. The hardest part was uh trying to find someone who could come up and pick us down, which was just uh my grandparents, which was awesome. Yeah, okay. It's pretty good. Get to so you live because you live far. Wait, you got it done in Adelaide. Yeah, yeah, we got it done in Adelaide. How but, far uh, are you there from there? Like an hour? Oh, uh, hour and a bit. Though, yeah, depends you, if I'm driving. Mostly around where you live, like mostly around Barossa. Or do you like do long trips or anything yet, or not? Um, I've kind of been. What was it? Um, here, look, just a fun fact is that uh, road rules in the Barossa Valley seem to be a little bit flexible to the drivers. So, um. <laughs> I've done some driving around the area, but then we went for a holiday to KI, which mum was like, all right, you know what? We'll just, we're going to take your car and you can do some driving along the big legs, you know, some of the longer legs. So I did um, trips back from King's Coat or up to King's Coat. So that'd be, you know, an hour, hour and a bit. Oh, it was an hour and a bit. And that, that'd be really good. So I was, that was a lot of time going like, all right, it's a hill. I have to speed up. Oh no, I'm going down a hill. I'm slowing down now. Like I got to slow down. So it was like, there was a lot of that practice. Like, all right, um, hill, I'm sure the people behind me were happy to overtake, but it was like, all right, we're going to get you to learn where 50 is. And we're going to get you to sit on 50 for such and such. And once I was comfortable at 50, it was like, all right, we'll go to 55 or 60. So now um, after that, so I think I got up to like, I was comfortable at 80, I think, after that. So I was, I was quite comfortable sitting at 80. So then once we got back to, got back from holidays, and I was like, all right, we went to grandparents and mum drove that leg. And then once we were there, I drove back. And that's kind of, um, what was it? 
yes, that was kind of um, suburban Adelaide. So that was pretty good. So I drove out of there and back down to the Brossa Valley, which was good. And that was me sitting on 95 and not going over 100 because gotta, it was like a, um, I don't know, I kind of sit at 95 because I kind of, I'd like to think that I sit relatively consistent, but I fluctuate. So it's a nice, you know, I fluctuate a little bit enough that it's like, all right, 95 is a really nice buffer zone because I can see myself go up to 99. Then I go, oh, whoops. I mean, usually I'm pretty good, but it's like a, I How keep myself controlling. Like, are you getting better at controlling the car? I guess, obviously. Yes. Hand controls. Maybe I'll get like a big forearm one day from hand controls. No, I mean, maybe. How's, but... how's the whole like lessons? And I guess, you know, like as we were discussing, you probably have some differences between other kids of your age in terms of having just being able to get into the car and go for a drive or whatever and having lessons whenever you want. Are your parents? doing a lot of that giving you hours are they pretty supportive around that stuff do you have to hire someone for that how's it working at the moment lessons are kind of a oh they're kind of a little bit difficult because given my situation i either need someone who has you know a modified vehicle that you know with you know brake pedals on the other side that you know i use or i need to find like a driving instructable driving instructor that's comfortable to go in my car to be able to do it because I mean, I don't have brake pedals on the other side. So it's say, um, Oh, I haven't done any kind of instructor work as of yet. I, I plan on doing some stuff when I, this guy down Galway, I think that's does modified driving lessons once like in your car. Uh, I think he's got a car. I think I, I, I can't remember if I'm brutally honest, but it was like, um, yeah, so we're kind of just waiting for him to kind of be freed up because, like, since since they're so uncommon, like, people who are trained to drive in hand-controlled vehicles who offer lessons, it's kind of a... They get booked up real quick because, you know, there's no one else that can really do it. So it was kind of a... Yeah. Was that also kind of one of the hurdles when you were getting the license as well or getting the... the, the all of the, the initial stuff, the trials? Did you have problems with that as well? Oh, uh, I didn't really have so many problems with that. Getting the, you know, the, oh, I can't remember, I was like testing stuff done to be like, all right, yeah, he really does need hand controls. I was like, all right, that wasn't so, in all honesty, my mom dealt with, dealt with most of it. I like to help out, but in all honesty, my mom did deal with most of it. So it was Sounds like you're pretty lucky you got some supportive parents there. Sounds like you're pretty lucky you got some supportive parents there. Oh, I am so lucky. Mom, I try and help wherever I can, but mom does all of the, um, an awful lot is done for me that I probably don't notice enough that I, I do my best to notice and help out where I can, but it's a lot of, I really don't think I realize quite how much happens. You should uh, get your mum to listen to this podcast on Mother's Day. <laughs> that's that's wonderful stuff that you're saying about your mum. Oh. Uh, and I'm sure it's a lot like that for quite a few people that go through the NDIS or have a disability. You know, mums and, mums and dads do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, don't they? Yeah, they're really... If I was tasked to deal with any of that, I would be... 
oh, I would <laughs> not successful to say the least, but it was like, um, it's just, a, it, it makes, you know, it, it, I'm really grateful that, you know, I'm able to be supported this way that I'm, you know, because if the NDIS from my experiences is kind of, you know, it's off and on, you know, you might have a good year one year and then you like, for instance, the year that I was getting the card on my, or it might've been that year or the year before, but it was like, a, you know, I was getting pretty good funding for, you know, I was, I was doing locum at the time and that was pretty good. And then it was like, all right, it dropped. And I was like, oh, and it, like it goes up and down. So it's, it's always a juggle kind of thing. Well, as far as I know, at least, but it's just a. NDIS, as you said, it's got some um, challenges, but me personally, like the things that you were saying um, is one of the aspects which I actually really love about it because it sort of is forcing us to think and work in a much more community type manner. You know, people have to help each other out, do things together, you know, yeah. get access to things and, and so on. Whereas you might find pre-NDIS, people wouldn't be as open to doing that because they weren't forced to. But now with the way it works, you kind of have to go with these certain limits. You have to kind of navigate around it, but it's kind of forcing you to go, okay, well, who are the guys in my community that do these lessons? Who are the people that can do yeah. this? My mom's got to do this part. My dad's got to do this part. This person... That's kind of how successful communities work anyway, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's a good thing. And, and yeah. It sounds like your success at your age, which sounds pretty successful anyway, um, is because you're using the NDIS the way it's supposed to be used, um, you know, the, all the different people contributing and helping and so on. Yeah, as much as what I said probably sounds very harsh, I didn't mean it to sound as harsh as it probably came out, but it's like a, like it's really useful for, you know, getting the things I need. Like, uh, you know, it's like, all right, I didn't really know locomat was a thing down in Adelaide. Like, it's kind of like you, you got like, you know, all right, it was a pain the butt over this end, but like, look at all the things I've been able to do kind of thing that I probably wouldn't have been able to achieve beforehand. So it's a, yeah. Where, where do you, th- like using, using your imagination, where do you think you'd be up to with your license right now and with your car and with your modifications and all that kind of stuff? What do you think it would look like without the NDIS? Just put it into a bit of a oh. comparison for it. Without the NDIS, if I'm thinking, oh, it's kind of hard to imagine, like, because we found out about the guys we went through through one of my teachers has a daughter who's got disability that is a bit, yeah, she's got a disability and she went through the guys we went through and I was like, yeah, these guys are really good. So we went through there and that was that was kind of how we found out so we'd probably most likely have gone through the same place but it was like a uh it'd be a more of a money juggle i probably would still be saving or just getting there i think i'm not entirely sure though if i'm honest yeah. actually i didn't even think about lessons when i was thinking about all that crikey yeah so yeah. It's, um, it all adds up pretty quick so it's yeah. That's what I was saying. When you when you consider all that stuff, the NDIS works very well. It is complicated, um, and I guess on that point, do you have any tips for anyone working with the NDIS in terms of, I, I guess, how to make it work for them? Yeah, I agree. Have you got it? Yeah, I mean, we've got, hopefully going to have people listening to this that are going to go through the same process that you. Maybe they're maybe they're fifteen, sixteen, starting to think about driving with uh, with their disability, and they want to. Oh, yeah, maybe I can use a NDIS myself. What tips and tricks have you got from what you've learned? And it might be that oh, you struggled with something, so this is what you would do. 
or the opposite. This went really well. So yeah, I'd make sure that you do this as well. If there is a way, like be prepared is what everyone says, but be prepared is a very nothing statement because what are you preparing? But it's like, if you can, if you can figure out, all right, if I need, you know, if I say I need this many lessons or if I need, you know, this is the modification that I, cause I can't remember cause I figured out what modification suited me after I got my license. So I'm not entirely sure how that one would work, but it's like, um, the way that I did it by getting my license as quickly as I could was really beneficial because it meant that I was able to be like, all right, I can move on to the next steps. But with this, I, you know, I had to get my doctor to sign all these forms saying, all right, is he suitable for this? Or like, uh, I can't remember the question that is like this four pages, I think. Might have been two. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a, yeah, no, it's a four page thing. I'll just clarify what that is. So um, it's um, in South Australia, um, being South Australian myself, you have to have a, a medical certificate filled out, which is four pages. And it um, highlights what the actual in South Australia, medical conditions and disabilities are put under the same bracket. Um, so your disability may not be a, uh, a medical condition but when it comes to licensing in south australia they are bracketed the same so the words are used in conjunction with each other um so yeah so you had to go and get a medical certificate filled out to say that you yeah well what, what your disability is is that right yeah so it was like on um, what it is and um then there was this question about whether because i went i went through my doctor i was like yep all right they, they wanted this question filled out specifically. Something like, uh, do you think this person is suitable for driving? And it was like, um, like we, we talked about it because we didn't really know what it was really asking. So we kind of clicked, uh, like we, we ticked the no, where it was like, all right, he's not kind of suitable for driving provided he done no modifications because we thought that was kind of what the question was asking. And then it was like, no, we, we, we got the form back to the, you know, the people that we got it from it was like you know you gotta you gotta make it sort signed this way because it's like do you think this person will be able to drive or it was something along those lines so we had to go back yes basically you have to change it to yes yeah so yeah look the for people listening in south australia the the question says is this person medically fit to drive that's the one so, so it's a yes or no answer that the doctor has to that the doctor has to fill out with a tick box and then it gives you a couple of lines underneath to, to expand on that. So if they tick no, that's it. There's yeah. no there's no driving future. Yeah. yeah. It's actually funny. You have a similar situation in New South Wales as well. And I would say that, um, Jack, you probably sold yourself short. And I think a lot of people do. I reckon a lot of people, what they do is they consider themselves as, oh, maybe I'm not that great. Or maybe if I I'm not 100% ready now, but I can be you know, if I do this, this, and this, but then as soon as you say, no, I'm not fit to drive, then they go, well, then you just said, you're not fit to drive. You shouldn't be in the car, you know, see you later. Yeah. So you got to be careful about being super honest, I guess. Yeah. Honesty is good, but also. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, lines. It's, like it's, um, it's complicated because it's like, it's, it's what you're thinking, but it's not necessarily an honesty thing, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. Like people are like going, Oh, well, look, I think I'm, I'm not going to be fit unless I've got this stuff, you know, um, but that's kind of the, the, the question is confusing. So think about the question is yes, provided this, this, and this, not yeah, no, right. unless this, this, and this. Yes. That is a really good tip. Anybody that needs to have a medical certificate filled out, 
talk to your doctor, tick yes, and then put in what the provisions are for that yes. And then on top of that, which will, I'll segue to another question, um, is did you have then going to find like a therapist or something that can help you with that process? Was that challenging and any hints and tips around that? Um, because I guess you would need someone who's got a bit of experience in that area to help you with things like these forms and stuff like that, right? Yeah, because um, well, so we were originally going to go to GP. That's right. We were originally going to go to them because they could fill it out. But I had a um, I had my annual kind of doctor's appointment kind of thing where my doctor would be like, all right, how's your disability going and whatnot? And be like, yep. I got a relatively all clear, but it was like, while we were there, I was like, all right, you know what? We're here now. We'll get you to, do you think that you can fill this form out for me kind of thing? Because he was my doctor and he kind of like, you know, we filtered out and it was, you know, we made that little mistake kind of thing, but that wasn't, we were lucky because of timing with that. But um, with that, you know, because uh, we accidentally did the wrong thing and we didn't have a meeting with him till next year, we kind of had to, you know, send things over and figure things out, which took a little while there. But as far as that went, I think it went pretty well, I think. Did you just um, did you just use your GP? Is that what you're saying? You didn't have to use a medical specialist at all? No, sorry. I use my medical specialist, but you can use your GP, I think. Okay. Right. Yeah. But yeah, and that's something that's also a little bit tricky. If you're, if you're not familiar with it, sometimes you need to see a specialist, but depending on what the medical guidelines and, and what the Department of Transport interpret is a medical specialist, and you know they can be impossible to get into sometimes. Oh, yeah. Also, I got a little tip for that as well, because we made a mistake or we tried to do something that didn't quite work because we were like, all right, we, we originally filtered out with a medical specialist and that was, you know, we made that little mistake kind of thing there. And I was like, all right. And I was like, all right, we can't see him for another year. So maybe we just go to the GP, but we couldn't like, you're not supposed to, you know, use two different kind of uh, people for that. Like, you know, if you started with, you know, your specialist, you kind of had to, you know, if you're going to redo it, you had to do it with a specialist. So we kind of, uh, yes, that kind of uh, held things up. And that was a little bit of a whoopsie, but it's kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's just like a, handy tip where it's like you got to go with one guy the entire way all right so so you 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 that's a handy tip for getting your license in the first time uh place with that medical certificate and then you um you went to the did you go to an ot first or a modifier first or uh where, where did you go first after that i think we went straight to the modifier i think i i can't actually really remember in all honesty but i'm pretty sure you went to the modifier straight away because it's like all right i've i've got my license and then they were like all right we gotta that's right because they got me to do a little bit of a test kind of thing where i was like hey um because they did like a hazard perception thing and something else i did a couple of other things and they were like all right well mentally you're fit to drive it was just a you know, your cerebral, your cerebral palsy still means you can, you know, you can drive a car. It's just making it so you can drive a car. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, I can't, that's right. Cause they did like some leg tests kind of things. And I, sounds like an OT that maybe yeah. that was it. I, 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 don't correct me if I'm wrong, Ellie, but uh, car modifiers uh, don't get into the yeah, testing yeah. cognition. And that's right. 
say, uh, it sounds like that you were working with an OT who also was working with a modifier who knows their stuff. That's right. Yeah. You know what? That's that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on the money there. Uh, well, car, modif- car modifiers, you shouldn't be doing <laughs> cognitive tests at this stage. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, to be honest, um, coming from someone who is a car modifier, if a car modifier is asking you to do cognitive tests, you should be very, very suspicious um, because that's not their qualification. They should like they might have some ability to help you with some stuff, but if they're actually doing an assessment on you um, as a car modifier, yeah, maybe you should just be questioning what exactly is happening because um, there, there should be a therapist or something involved at that at that point, unless the person is relaying some information. But yeah, um, we have had that sometimes come up in the industry where the modifiers um, might be suggesting products, you know, based on a need, um, but they're, they're not really, they're, they're the best ones to tell you if it, if it works with the car, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and if it fits into the car, but if the modifier is doing, is telling you to do some kind of cognitive test, Probably should be going. Why is this guy asking me to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Now that I say it was a therapist, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. No, no, I, I, it is a common discussion that's had, and it's an ongoing discussion about who's responsible for what in NDIS. And especially, as I said before, Jack, you've got so many different people involved. It can some The lines can get a bit blurred and confusing as to who's supposed to be doing what. So you just got to be a bit careful about that. That's all. Yeah. So you so you so you had this um, assessment with let's let's call it a therapist um, and they they discovered that um, so they started discovering hand controls at that point was it and then and then you did some test drives uh, to see if that was going to work is that oh, we kind of did that kind of little you know that the you know the cognitive whatnot and the, you know that stuff with the therapist and I was like, all right, I'm mentally kind of clear to drive. And it's like, you know, you're not going to be a danger on the road kind of thing. Was, they're like, you're out, we can go and start, you know, kind of trialing things. So I got like, it was like three lessons, like one week after another, or it might have been four. I was like, all right, you can, you know, go trial a bunch of pain controls. So I went out with this guy and it was like, all right, this guy had like four different types of hand controls that could go and it was kind of like a mind-blowing experience when my eyes kind of like killed themselves originally like what this is one hand control but no it was like uh yeah so originally you know just worked through one time it's like all right um you know we'll, we'll spend half a lesson on this one or it was like all right you know put yourself in park and whatnot or you know you, you go on zero it's all right so you you do this to accelerate and then you do this to break and it's like okay and then you do this to indicate and it's like all right so you do that and i was like all right we did like you know uh, an array of hand controls and i i i i found the one i liked pretty early on i was like but i i went through them all to see if there was one i liked more that was keeping one that in I, mind keeping in mind you've never driven before either yeah so you're not coming no. from a uh somebody that's had a driving experience and then had a, a medical condition or something that's led to your legs not being uh, appropriate on the pedals. You're, you're trying mm-hmm. to learn to drive at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to drive and learning controls. It was, it was exciting. It was, it was good. Here, look, I might've left the, I, I might've forgotten to turn off the indicator many times. It was fine. <laughs> 
What what ha- for the listeners, mate? What hand controls did you end up choosing? Why and why did you choose those ones? Oh, I can't. Oh, actually, remember was the name. it your was it your choice? That's another good question. Is it was it your yes. choice? Well, was it yes, or it, was it the therapists or the modifiers? It was uh, kind of the thing where it was like, you know, what, I like this one, and then they were like, all right, well, these are the cards that you can that we recommend you use for this modification. So then, like, from my decision, it led to, you know, what you got, you know, A, B, and C, and I went with Hyundai i thirty. Yeah. But, is that was that your dream car as a learner the hyundai i30 or is that that's kind of where it ended up because it all fit it, it ended up but i've never had a dream car i i've played video games and been like that's the car i want because it's the most expensive but i get to the, the real one and i'm like yeah. and i'm yeah and i'm like yeah no i don't want something super expensive i want something that's cheap to run <laughs> and my car is i think it's relatively cheap to run i don't know enough to pay for fuel yet as yeah. of yet so so the other question that i asked there was what hand controls did you end up getting can you explain them or do you know the brand name or do you know what they are i (laughs) i get asked it a lot and i can't remember the brand name but i got with my right hand i've got a bus knob in the like the bottom right corner of the steering wheel which is pretty good and then using my left hand against the center like it's kind of like against the center console but not really this big kind of it's like a it's like a lever kind of thing and you push forwards to brake and then you'll pull back to accelerate which is really confusing at first because i'm used to it being the other way around and then i've got a like a so i'll hold the top kind of bit of it and i've got an indicator knob at the top where it's got like a i can like activate high beams and you know cycle through my windscreen wiper functions at the you know all in my left hand which is like really kind of good and then i control the car with my right hand and it's really kind of just it's really comfy and you know once you find your once you find your jive it's kind of just it just kind of works well it worked for me at least did it did it feel like that it sounds like it's the the car speed so it's got like that's a all holistic kind of look right yeah yeah, yeah. So does it because you said you play video games did, did that feel like a bit comfortable because it kind of has a video game vibe with the little joystick yeah yeah kind of actually i i yeah it's kind of like a um it didn't feel abnormal kind of thing. Maybe it's because I started with it, but it was like a, um, like it was like, all right. So it was kind of like learning the controls of a new video game. It's like, all right, I, I, I pull back to go on. I, I, I pull back this far to go this fast. And I, I, if I, if I break too quickly, I terrify all my passengers. And it's, uh, it's funny. I've actually tried out that hand control in a car. Yeah. The first time I sat in the car, I thought to myself, this feels exactly like a video game. Like I fully thought I was like, had a joystick in my hand. And I was like, this is so awesome. I get to drive the car and it fully feels like I'm driving a video game. Like, yeah. I just thought that was so cool. Okay. Take and, a step back a like- step, boys, because I, as a driving instructor, there, you know, when you're driving in a video game, if you ruin your car, you just press the start button again. All right, boys. Uh, we're not going to do that in cars as a driving instructor. We're going to hang back and we're going to brake gently. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that the, the vibe of that that device. You know, it's um, it's kind of got that kind of joystick feel. You know. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. It's very easy to pick up kind of thing. It's- so what about um, driving around the car? Have you been doing anything interesting in it so far? Oh, anything interesting, not yet. Um, 
Mum occasionally takes it for trips to Bunnings because the other car's boot's too small. <laughs> no, but, no, but it's, it's um, what was it? Well, no, anything exciting? Nothing yet, really. Nothing as of yet. You know, you just reminded me of Bunnings, the I-30. I went to um, Queensland to help my friend renovate his kitchen. Yeah. Um, and I hired an I-30 uh, and... Um, we got to Bunnings. I fit an entire flat pack kitchen in an I thirty. <laughs> the entire kitchen. Uh, well, there so you go. It, 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 the I thirty was weighed down to the ground and, and was pretty much scraping on the ground the whole way. Because <laughs> we, we wedged it in, and then I was taking photos, and I'm like, "Oh my god, how awesome is this I thirty? All right, Hyundai, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to sponsor this podcast, feel free to get in contact at any point. Yeah, yeah, send us your checks. That's right. That's right. Hey, I, I just want to go back one more one more technical step. So you've got a hand control that's on the left-hand side, and we, we think that it sounds like the caro speed, so it's push and pull on the left-hand side. Yep. Now, driving instructors... Te- more often than not, I've got a hand control on the right hand side. So have you, you haven't explored driving instructors yet. You haven't jumped into their cars. No, yet. not yet. All right. We might need to check back into you to see how that next hurdle goes with, with learning with an actual driving instructor and check back in with you and give an update to listeners uh, a little bit further down the track. Because um, yeah, if you've got a driving instructor that's not used to it, uh, that might be a, another little, trick along the way yeah i yeah definitely oh i sorry didn't want to nah, didn't want to nah, be a spoiler it's all good it's all right that's interesting and that's kind of breaking my brain a little bit it'll be fine i'll work through it you'll work through it but it'll be interesting so that, that's actually a good point we'll um we should check back in with you and see how things are going you know and have another interview down the track yeah, good. let us know when you get your license. All right, mate, we've been we've gone forever. This has been really, really good. So um, thanks very much for all your time. Hey, we whenever we do an interview, we always wind up with one question for the person. So we did a we did a interview with Quar, and we discovered uh, you know that he goes racing. We did it with same question with Ali, and he takes people water skiing behind his car. Uh, I got it on with my wife in the back of my car was my story, but cars can be more than uh, transport from A to B. What's the one thing in a car that you've done that nobody else knows? What's something really interesting? Oh, uh, well, mum has a game for when we go out. We haven't really done anything interesting. We have a hierarchy of order in the car. The person in the front passenger sh- seat will always open our manual roller door because they're in the front passenger seat. <laughs> That's cool. Is that um, you? Do you have to do that? No, usually I'm driving her in the backseat. Ah, there you go. Or, or I have to open it on the way out or the way in. Aiden and I usually have some kind of order. But uh, yeah, otherwise, what is it? Mum taught Aiden and I a game for when we go out. And it's uh, if you go over a grate, you got to lift your feet up. When you're going down a hill, you raise your hands. And there was something else. It was like a roller coaster. That's the most I remember. <laughs> a lot of bad games. <laughs> a country, country australia mate we've all got those things to get us around these long drives sounds awesome all right that's it for this episode thank you very much for joining us and listening in a huge thank you to jack for joining us in on this episode and talking through his driving experiences and getting back to driving with driving aids 
Um, if you want to get in contact with us, the best way you can do that is basically get onto our podcast channels through all of our social media. Please follow everything. Um, get on and, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you on. And Jack, you're, you're, Jack, you're a good talker. Is, did you want to share a contact for you in case anybody wants to get in contact with you or should they do that through the podcast channel? Oh, I mean, I'm, if anyone wants to, you know, hear any more or anything like that, you can feel free to you know, send me an email, send me an email. You know, right. any social media, Instagram, do you want more? Oh posts? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got an Instagram page with nothing on it. It's called the jelly legs, which is a great play on my disability for a name that I came up late at night, sleep deprived. Sounds so good. If you want, you can follow me there. Uh, get on there and let's let's get you posting stuff about your blogging. <laughs> yeah, right. Huge. You'd be an Sounds inspirational good. speaker in no time, mate. You've been you've blown us away. My biggest takeaway about this is is your attitude towards it. You haven't oh. let anything stand in your way. Uh, there were some really good tips in there for NBIS and and um yeah what freedom it's kind of giving you but also that medical certificate that was uh uh my biggest takeaway ali what was your biggest takeaway uh biggest takeaway is really well as he said great attitude and um also the the highlight the fact that you guys are working with a very supportive team around you you know um and it just it, it really highlights the fact that it takes a village to make this NDIS work. It's not just the one person, you know, and if you, if you're prepared and you work together, it works really well to your advantage, you know, and you can see, um, you know, it's working. Sweet. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, everybody. That's it. As we say in every episode, if you have any queries about what you can do, what will work for you, get in contact with your local OT or mobility dealer and set yourself up with a trial. Trials really do put you in the driver's seat. Do you like our yeah, partner, Jack? That was yes. that was that was amazing. I love yeah, that. That's really good. All right, so Jack, good. Jack, your um, your experience is really highlights the fact that the trials is what really um, you know, as you said, puts you put you in the driver's seat. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good stuff, Jack. Thanks very much, and we'll see you in the no next problem. episode, everyone. All right. Thanks for listening to the Drive Able Podcast with Brad Williams and Aliak Barium. If you like what you've heard, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. It really does make a massive difference. If you or anyone you know would like to share a story about driving with a disability, or you would like to get in contact, find the show notes, or find the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find us on Facebook. Just search at Drive Able Podcast for more information.